and welcome to the Niners Nation podcast. Niner Nate here with you once again in free agency. It's just starting. With me as always is Leo Luna of 49ersgoldmine.com. How are you doing, man? Stress the hell out, my gosh, with all these uh, free agency news. And then running the 49ers Goldmine website right now, getting those updates out there on top of having a tweet it myself and now we're doing the show together so pretty stressed but it's it's the stress that you like it, it's not you, you know it yeah exactly it's the good stress i'll take good stress over bad stress any day of the week and i think like free agency is going to be stressful i think you know obviously we don't record this thing right on tuesday morning when you'll be listening to this so there might be stuff that breaks after this show but we're going to try and get you up to date with all the free agency stuff that has happened with the 49ers since it opened up uh, just less yesterday. Uh, let's start with the biggest one, and that's getting Kyle Yushek and Jason Verrett back. Jason Verrett back on a one-year deal, and Kyle Yushek back for five years. They got their fullback. We can continue to say juice at Levi Stadium. It's going to be a blast, and it looked like John Lynch was very happy about that. <laughs> the only way you hear me shouting that at Levi Stadium is if I'm like three IPAs in. Uh, as you guys could tell listening to the show, I am very different than Nate. <laughs> I let him handle all the yelling. I uh, When I went to the NFC Championship game, I think I yelled for like three quarters straight until we got to the fourth quarter when I just started chanting Super Bowl for the entire fourth quarter, <laughs> knowing the crap out of everyone around me. Um, and you probably had that person sitting next to you there ear was ringing the next 72 hours guaranteed. they were green bay packer fans so screw them you come to our <laughs> place and you watch your team lose that's what you get but yeah no kyle you back i mean i think a lot of people were kind of like oh really they're gonna prior pri- prioritize him over their their offensive tackle but it's like kyle Jushek is really important to what the niners do on offense and i think having him back is like a it's not only like a locker room thing. It's like a Kyle can do what he wants to do, you know, in the run game. And they also use him as a receiver. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to see him back. I'm happy to see him retain their guys. And, you know, the with Jason Verrett, it's like it was a no-brainer. He was one of the best corners in the league last year. You got to get him back. Even if only for one, like a one-year deal, he can go out there and prove it again. And then maybe they can give him a long-term deal next year when they have even more money that they can spend on these players. And so. You know, he wanted to come back. He said that, you know, I had multiple, you know, multiple year deals, but I wanted to come back with the 49ers. And and that's a good sign for this team. And as we start free agency, Jason Bray is someone I liked a lot. And it's kind of funny because coming into this year, Jason Brett wasn't really on anyone's radar. They were talking about Richard Sherman. And then on the other side was Emmanuel Mosley and Akilah Witherspoon, them two having a cornerback competition after Mosley took over the starting role in the postseason. Um, no one was really talking about Jason Brett. He he seemed like he was kind of a, a roster bubble guy. So now he went from that. And remember in 2019, like the one time he got in there before he went on IR for the rest of the season was he gave up that deep touchdown to the Pittsburgh Steelers week three. And now he's a guy who cut. To me, even though he didn't make the Pro Bowl, he had a Pro Bowl season allowing a quarterback rating under 80 uh, against, which was 76.2, had more interceptions than touchdowns given up. So he's someone I'm excited to see. It's not like he got the bag and he's going to just coast the rest. 
no, he turned down multi-year deals for a one-year deal. So that means this guy's got to come with the same work ethic and and come at it every single day. There's there's no letting the foot off the gas pedal with Jason Verrett's deal. Yeah, go out there, prove it, show why you're one of the best corners in the league. And, you know, with the 49ers, you know, it, it's if Bosa comes back and he's good and, you know, Kinlaw takes the next step and I think Armstead is still really, I think, you know, hot take Armstead's still a really good football player. And I think now with, you know, the next signing, Samson Ebukam, I think that this pass rush is, <clears throat> as I'd like to say, very nasty. It's a nasty pass rush that the 49ers are putting out there. And I think that's what you want to do. You know, you don't want to have to have your corners, you know, having to cover guys for too long. And so when you have a nasty pass rush like the 49ers are going to have, ideally, you know, it helps a guy out like that where he can hit his bonuses hit what he needs to, and then next year you can get that long-term deal done where he's, you know, cornerback one going forward. And, you know, I think that, you know, they also got Emmanuel Mosley back. I think that they'll probably sign one more corner or maybe even look at, you know, that maybe it'll be a high draft spot, but I think that, you know, Akella Witherspoon is someone to look at for another corner spot. I think that the defense of the 49ers, you know, yes, people are going to talk about how Robert Sala has left and all this stuff. The defense of the 49ers is still going to be you know, a top five unit, I think, as long as they continue to know what players fit this defense, who they want, where they want them. And I think, you know, they're going to continue to be uh, scary in this division. And I think that, you know, with what we've seen from the Cardinals and the Seahawks, you know, early, obviously early, it really feels like the Niners and the Rams are kind of in a league of their own when it comes to defense, at least. Yeah, so looking at projected as far as their defensive line all the way to the linebackers in the secondary you got Bosa, Kinlaw, Givens, Armstead and then your pass rush specialist because that's probably going to be the starting four and then the pass rush specialist the D Ford role if you want to say now you got Samson Ebukon to go ahead and do that that kid's a straight athlete ran a four or five coming out of college uh, and then you have Aziz Alshair as your Sam, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw and it seems like they're Cornerback one and two are figured out with Jason Brett and Emmanuel Mosley both getting extensions. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do at the nickel corner spot. Uh, there, there's some guy. There's a lot of nickel corners on the market, and uh, we'll be speaking to one very, very soon with Jamar Taylor, who's an unrestricted free agent as well. As well, uh, and do they roll with Tarverius Moore? The thing is, with this team, they're they're still very, very stacked. They're as far as yeah, they don't have DeForest Buckner. They they don't have Quan Alexander. But this core defensive group is very, very stacked. And it showed last season without Nick Bosa being a top five defense in the NFL. And now you are getting Nick Bosa. You're getting Samson Ebucon back as well. Well, not back, but in free agency. So this team's just going to be much more loaded in 2021 than they were in 2020. And I think that, uh, Jaquaski Tart, I think, still might sign with San Francisco. I think, you know, I've heard, you know, some rumors that he, he Cowboys are looking at him, but I think that he wants to be in San Francisco. You know, they've basically given him everything. And I wouldn't be surprised if he resigns maybe in a day or two, not like right on day one. I think he wants to try it out. And, um, but I mean, besides that, like, it's just a really good defense. And I think if they can stay healthy and they can draft, you know, to bolster what they already have, I think that the defense will be good enough to win games in this division. Now, the offense is kind of a more of a question mark because, yes, I really like Kyle Juszczyk. Glad he's back. The Trent Williams thing, it's obviously worrying, but I think he's going to re-sign. I think he's going to test free agency. From what I've heard, he's probably going to, like, 
any offers he gets, he will come back to San Francisco, let them know those offers, and then go from there. And I think San Francisco will match it unless, unless it's something insane, um, which would be you know 25 to the 26 million per year range. Where I don't think San Francisco matches that, but I think the, you know as long as it's close to 20, I think he'll come back. Um, the one thing I want to see going forward is another wide receiver in this class for sure. I'd like to see them go free agency for one more wide receiver. I don't know about you. I'm cool with no free agent wide receiver. Um, the, there's a ton of talent in the draft. You could find wide receiver threes on day three in the draft. Uh, so it's completely front loaded with Devontae Smith. And then it's also back loaded with guys like Daz Newsome. Uh, so I'm a, with that f- uh, saying you want a veteran option or in that room, they, they have Wes Welker. That guy knows something <laughs> about being a receiver. Um, they also added a former first-round pick in Leonard Hagerson uh, on that staff as well. So he knows something about being a receiver uh, as far as being a first-round pick, not reaching expectations. So he's able to figure out you know those kind of ends that no one really talks about. And then you also, Charles Benjamin still... He opted out for COVID. He's still on a one-year deal because the 49ers haven't released him yet. There goes your veteran option. Debo's going to be in year three. That kid's not young anymore. Uh, George Kittle's going to be in year five. So, yeah, he's not a receiver, but he's part of the passing threat. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, year two. So these guys are getting older over the years. Unfortunately, time's just flying past us. But I I think they're pretty solid on the vet receiver idea because there's ton of ton of talent in the draft i just really like to see curtis samuel you know do that yak thing in the 49ers offense i think it'd be a lot of fun but i don't want to pay crazy amounts either for him you know especially since they still have this cap hit that's about to hit in two days of you know 17 million for jimmy garoppolo which you know we can talk about the quarterback a little bit if you want but you know who knows what they'll do with that you know they may still draft a quarterback um and then move off him or he starts the year and they bring in the rookie whatever they end up doing um, that's still a lot of money they have to pay to a quarterback. Um, in a year where they're you know they're still scrounging up money, specific scrounging up money specifically by you know even restructuring D Ford's deal. Who you know we don't really know what's going on with D Ford. There's rumblings, rumors that maybe you know he's gonna be healthy next year. He looks good. He's been practicing. We don't actually know that. Um, so from you know when you look at this restructure, it really feels like they did it because they're trying to save more money instead of. You know, restructuring Jimmy's contract and having to, to to basically say he's the quarterback going forward. Instead, they restructured D Ford, which is another big cap hit. And, you know, they get a little bit more money to spend on Trent Williams or, you know, hopefully, hopefully Alex Mack, um, where they're not drafting their their center. But, I mean, maybe, you know, that's the plan there. Yeah, here Alex Mack is in play. Um, I rate this offensive line for the for the draft coming up. Similar to the wide receivers. It's pretty front-loaded, and it's pretty back-loaded to where you're going to find starters in day three. So I would like to see two interior offensive linemen through the draft by the 49ers with their 10 picks. Uh, But, yeah, I would obviously, if Alex Mack's on the board, uh, I would prefer to have Alex Mack because he has that veteran leadership to where he knows you know, based on the fronts that they're going to be seeing on the defensive line, where to adjust his guys, who's going to pick up the hot blitzer, or, you know, do they slide left? Do they slide right? And that's where the 49ers 
messed up last season is they didn't have that center who knew what was doing uh, when defenses show different fronts. You saw sometimes McGlinchey or the right guard um, just kind of stand there and not know who to block. And then Nick Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo is getting sacked. So in that perspective, yes, I'm all on board for Alex Mack, who should not be too expensive. Absolutely. And then I think, you know, if you're if that's what your line looks like and you re-sign Trent, I think you're looking at a pretty decent offensive line. I think you can bolster it a little bit through the draft, get some backup pieces, and then, you know, go from there and see where camp leads us. Uh, I just think that, you know, if the plan is Jimmy Garoppolo, I would like to have a good, solid offensive line of guys who can mesh well together. Um, because, you know, obviously we know he doesn't, you know, move in a pocket. He just kind of stands around and throws the ball, which it is what it is. <laughs> but uh, the defense being, you know, nasty is pretty much, I think, what they need going into another season. You want to have a nasty defense. You know, if, if your plan is Jimmy Garoppolo and you're just going to let Kyle be perfect in order to win games, the defense has to be, you know, not. it's never going to be 2019 levels. But I think if they can get it as close as possible, that it'll be, you know, I think a nasty pass rush is the most important thing because it's literally, you know, it's how they got to the Super Bowl is because of the pass rush is so nasty. And, you know, if Ebucam can do anything like what D Ford was doing, we're in business because I like Kinlaw and I really think he's going to take that next step, you know, maybe not to being exactly DeForest Buckner, but I think that he's really good and I think there's a lot of talent there. I really still, you know, a lot of people are out on Armstead. I really like Eric Armstead. And then, you know, like you said, that linebacker position, they have Fred Warner for another year. They'll probably extend him most likely during the season next year. And the secondary, I think, is going to be pretty much filled out by the end of this week. Yeah, the, that's the big thing is I, I think they're pretty good on the defensive line, especially with the Ebucon signing. Um, linebackers are obviously solid with Forn- with Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and uh, Al Shair. Secondary, you got to figure out nickel corner and then potential safety if you don't feel comfortable rolling with Tarverius Moore since he did have a passer rating against in the hundreds. That's not good. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll see what the week brings us. You keep listening to all the Niners Nation podcasts this week. Check them all out. You know, uh, there's going to be new news every single day. Make sure you subscribe to the feed and stuff. And, um, you know, we'll be back next week to report on everything as a whole after the week is over. Then there's still going to be signings next week as well. But now, we're going to get to something really cool. We got Jamar Taylor, slot corner for the 49ers. He's going to come on, talk a little bit about free agency, talk about the 2020 year, talk a little bit about just, you know, what he's looking forward to and if he wants to come back to be a Niner. So we'll be right back after this break. We're going to talk to Jamar Taylor. All right, welcome back to Niners Nation. We have got a special guest for you here. We got Jamar Taylor, played corner for the 49ers last year, hoping he comes back, you know, ideally, ideal world, you know. But uh, we're back with uh, Jamar Taylor. How you doing, man? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. We want to have, have you on, talk a little bit. You know, free agency hasn't officially started yet. There's not a ton of news, so we want – it was the perfect time to have you on. Um, you know, first of all, let's let's ask you just, you know, how's the knee doing? You know, we saw the injury. How you doing? Uh, the knee is well. The knee is well, man. I, I have some great dudes working it, uh, with me. Uh, Brett Fisher down at Fisher's in, in Phoenix. Uh, I've been training here for the past, you know – what, five, six years of my career. So somebody I trust and, you know, him and his staff have been doing a great job at getting me back right. So, um, you know, it started off a little bumpy. You know, they don't they don't tell you, you know, how hard it's going to be. Uh, they just tell you, you know, a timeline. But 
um, after we figured out how to get through the bumps. You know, what's the timeline looking like right now? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think I'll be back for camp. You know, that's that's definitely you know, that's what we're pushing for. Um, you know, and like I said, everything's been going well. You know, I mean, we had we had a couple humps in the beginning because I can't take uh, anti-inflammatories because my kidneys. Um, so we had to figure a way how to get the inflammation out. But him, uh, the surgeon who did my surgery, Dr. Cooper in Dallas, they uh, they can't, you know, they put their heads together and found out a way. And like I said things have been going smooth by the grace of God. So. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be in the place that I am right now. I know, you know, uh, this thing is start rolling. You know, it's about to start rolling here soon. With 2020, it it was a crazy season. Uh, obviously, with COVID coming down, you had a few offers on the table. You joined the Niners, coming off a Super Bowl run, um, and then the first couple of weeks, you found yourself at home waiting for another shot. Mm-hmm. You got that second shot with the 49ers, and to me, what I saw out there, saw on tape. It was one of your best seasons as a pro athlete. And how were you able to like what worked so well for you into 2020 to where you put all those adversities aside and you balled out? Uh, I wouldn't say. I mean, I guess if you look at it like that, I mean, but. You know, I guess I mean, I guess everybody really considered my last like good year was like, I guess, 17 because in Cleveland and in Arizona was a rough year, but like reason why Seattle wasn't a good year was because like Pete just didn't play nickel. Right. So it was like, I just didn't get the opportunity to play. Um, you know what? I, obviously that put me in a bind last year, but I didn't do anything that I haven't been doing. Like I said, I would count, I would count Arizona as my like only bad year really. Um, you know, so it was really, I just got the opportunity to play. And, you know, the good thing about Kyle and those guys and Sala and those guys up there, they're going to match you know, match personnels, you know, it just gave me a, a opportunity to really just be on the field a lot more. You know, uh, they were like, we're going to play nickel at the end of the day. So you're going to be out there. Um, and, you know, with KK getting hurt, man, the opportunity just, they just kept, you know, in the fruition, you know, week in and week out. And I was just like, look, I'm going to just put it on tape. You know what I mean? Because now I'm, instead of getting 20 plays a game, I'm actually going to get 60. Right. So that's <laughs> all my teammates. They all know, like, I've been I've never been a bad player. You feel me? Like, I've always made plays. I've always been a leader. I've always conducted the defense. I tell you what's going on with the offense is about to run. I've done that year in and year out. I just, you know, you just meet different coaches that want to do different things or they want to highlight their guys. And just, you know, it's just kind of how it's been the past couple of years. And then after the injury happened, um, you saw Nick Mullins get on the podium. Yeah. And give you a shout out and what you meant as far as leadership. And then you saw Robert Sala do the same exact thing as Nick Mullins. What did that mean to you as far as, you know, the, the amount of time you spent in the league? Uh, you come into a team that's your first year and you play the way you do and you carry that leadership for them to just shout you out when they didn't have to. They weren't required for it. Like, what does that mean to you? I mean, it means, it means the real, right? Because, you know, you don't you don't do it for notoriety. Like I don't, I don't come in early and stay in late. So people could pat me on my back and like, Hey, good job. Like, you know, I will always say like my parents, like they, they, they birthed a leader. Like it was it's just been in me. Right. Like I love, I love talking football. I love um, helping young guys. I love, you know, I love working hard for me. Right. Like I have a family, I have dreams, I have aspirations. So that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get better so I can do my one eleventh on the field. So, you know, when they, when they gave me a shout out and they, you know, and they, 
I guess, recognize it was cool, but it was kind of bittersweet because it was just like I had so much more left in the tank for us for the rest of the year. And, you know, I felt like, you know, going down, there, I knew we were about to beat the Rams that game. I felt like if I played Buffalo game, I felt like we were going to give them hell a little bit. So it was just like, dang, like I felt like I let them down, but it was cool because it was just like, man, like at least y'all know I tried to give you everything I had, you know what I mean, while I was there. As fans, you know, we, you know, we've come to love Kwan Williams, obviously, right? Like, you know, he's the guy, he, you know, he started in the Super Bowl. And, you know, when he went down, I think a lot of fans, you know, freaked out a little bit. You know, like you came in, you know, what was the mindset to come in, you know, after Kwan gets hurt? You're like, all right. You know, I'm coming in for a guy who's literally played in the Super Bowl for these guys. You know, what's the mindset for a guy coming in like that? I mean, you know, me and K1, we go back, right? Like, so we played in Cleveland together and we battled it out in Cleveland and everything kind of went how it went there where it worked out better for me um, in that instance, you know. But he's one of those guys. I remember when I went there and I remember when he traded for me, I'm like, man, this this guy's good, right? Like. Why do you guys need me? You have Joe Hayden, Tremont Williams, and this this young guy. Like, and the thing about KK is like he plays fast, right? Like it's super fast. He is zero to hundred right now, right? And um, like when he knows, he knows, and he attacks the ball. Um, but for me, it was like be personally like not trying to be cocky, but it's like I do this, so I'm not, <laughs> not not really worried about what he does because I'm like my tape speaks for itself. You know, what I mean, the thing about it is when you look at the NFL, a lot of these players go to where coach that, you know, they have relationships. All my coaches, I play for every horrible team. So I don't have, all my coaches are fired. They no longer exist. Right. So I'm trying to build these relationships. It's not that, you know, I shouldn't be playing or anything like that. So I was like, look, I'm going to go in here and do what I do. It's no, it's no, um, it's no pressure. Uh, pressure is what you put on yourself. Right. Like I play football. I'm a football player. This is what I do. And I've been doing this since I was five. So it was like, I'm going to go out here and just, you know, put on a show. And I was like, my mindset was I was just with the Ravens the other day and they called me when I was out there. So if I'm going to just keep putting on good tape and if K1 comes back and they cut me, at least another team could pick me up and we can just get the show on the road and stop, stop, be, you know, BS. So that was my mindset. You know, I mean, um, obviously going through camp with the guys, I love the guys playing with Fred and, Tart and Jimmy and JV and Sherm, like, you know, it's, it's, it's second to none at all. But it was like, look, you're going to have to earn your stripes, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, they trust in you, but you got to put it on tape because they, they could trust in you right now, but when you come back, they can cut you, right? So, who's, the, who's the one guy or a couple of guys to where you, you've seen them play, but you didn't recognize that they're that good to where you're now playing along with them and you're like, Holy crap! This this guy's a stud, and I never really knew he was actually this this talented. Well, I would say JV, but me and JV played against each other in college, so I kind of knew like you know his feet were nice, and you know him him playing for the Chargers, we used to always like link up in San Diego. So it was you know like he's kind of like like a little brother to me, so he's a good dude. So I kind of already knew him, but I would have to say, uh, man, I would have to go with like Jimmy Ward. Right. Like you hear a lot about Jimmy and I know his background of playing corner and then doing all this stuff and then yeah. finally changing the safety. So just seeing Jimmy, man, Jimmy, Jimmy, like, I mean, he can do it all. Literally do like they can put him at nickel. They could put him at free safety. They could put him at corner. Like he can do everything. He's comfortable at free safety, but he can literally do everything. But Jimmy and then um, I guess I got to talk in the back end, you know, Sherm, you know what I mean? Like you see Sherm, like, 
But like even when he you know he comes back and the interceptions just fall in his hand, but it's like he knows what the offense is doing it before they do it. You know what I mean? And it just shows like his his wit and you know his wisdom. You know what I mean? And how long he's been playing and how he could break down receivers and he could talk to Brandon Ayuk about what he's doing. It was just like okay, like you know I'm a vet, but like that's a vet vet. You can tell he has a lot of game. You know what I mean? So I would say um, those two. Um, and then the last person before he got hurt, but what was Nick, like seeing him and Trent go at it during camp. Like, I mean, that dude's get off. Nick's get off is so quick, man. He doesn't say much and, but his, his, his will to get to the quarterback is crazy. Right. So, and I, and I play with some good, I play with like Cam Wake, who I think is one of the best D linemen, you know, that Miami probably has ever, you know, besides Jason Taylor. And I'm like, I'm looking at Nick and I'm like, yo, Nick is, he's that, he's that, he's the, he's the real deal. So. Maybe those three guys, you know, you can add JV in there. Um, E-Man is, you know, really, really good and talented too. You know, so, um, but it's probably the most talented group I've played played with. Um, you know, even throwing, you know, K1 in there. Like I said, throwing Tart in there. Like it's a very, it was a very talented group, like top to bottom. And that's the thing is, you know, you said, you know, with San Francisco, it was probably the most talented group of guys you had. You know, the 49ers, was it, you know, their biggest thing has been pass rush. You know, they today they went out and got, you know, Subson Ebucam. And, you know, mm-hmm. that pass rush is it major it just made your job easier, right? Like, you know, with how good it was. Obviously, maybe not as good as it was last year. You know, it wasn't the twenty nineteen year, but you still had Kerry Eider flying. You know, you had Kinlaw, who was a rookie who, you know, we saw as the season went on, he got better and better and better. And you saw Eric Armstead. So I mean, how much did that pass rush, you know, really help you out, you know, when you played? Well, you just you just understand, you know, like the D line coach uh, you know, he used to do a good job, like, especially with the nickel, like we were so tied in, like the linebackers and nickel were tied in to everything. So they just did a hell of a job, like making sure we knew what was going on up front. Right. And you knew if, if we can let these dudes, you know, hold the ball for you know, half a second, we're good to go. You know what I mean? I think you had, you had D and Nick in there. You, they not even, you know, a second in it's, it's a wrap. So it's like, right. I would love to see what that, that's like, but, but you know what I mean? It, <laughs> you know, but pass, we always say pass rush and coverage work hand in hand, right? So you make them hold the ball, they get sacks. You know what I mean? They get sacks, we get interceptions. So everything works hand in hand, man. So um, like I said, they just did a really good job at making sure that, you know, I don't think we had a crazy amount of sacks, but the ones that we did, it was because we all were tied in together. Yeah, I was going to say, how do, he brought up those names. Let's talk about you. How do you help the pass rush with, with your flexibility? Uh, you ran a whole lot of man last year, if if I'm not mistaken, from from the nickel spot. How do you help out that pass rush? Obviously, you had a two-interception game in New England, which was a very, very crucial game for you guys on the season. Uh, what do you provide uh, for the pass rush? I mean, I feel like for me, it's, it's, it's if we are going to – I mean, if we, go, if we go zone, I feel like majority of the time, I'm going to say – I'm I'm gonna say eight out of ten times because there's always some wrinkles in there. I know what the offense is gonna do, right? Like when we played the Rams first game, like we knew what they were gonna like. We, we were ahead of it because we watched so much film. Like, and that's we we got a lot of guys who love ball in that locker right. room, right? So when we played same way when we played the Patriots, shoot, when we played the Packers too. I mean, Aaron Rodgers went on fly. We had some miscues, but for the most part, I mean, you take away some of the big throws, like you know, because of miscommunication, we actually knew what they were doing, right? So mm-hmm. um, I feel like I bring that element to it because I, especially when my family wasn't up there last year because of COVID, like I watch a lot of film, like, 
And me and, like I said, Coach Rudy used to talk all night and morning about what team do. And we would break it down to like the littlest thing, right? Um, so I feel like I bring that element. And then when it comes to man to man, just being on the same page, right? Like, again, knowing what they're going to do, know where they're trying to get, know the situation. Um, if they need to score, if they don't need to score, if they're a team who just tries to get a first down or if they get on the 50 and it's third down, they probably take a shot, right? Like it's just different scenarios you work through. Like, you know, we, a lot of times we talk about like JV's interception against the Rams, right? Like for me, it was like, um, we're going to, we're going to lock this up because I'm going to take Cooper cup and I'm gonna let you and Jimmy work. Like just something so simple because if I could take 10 away, right. And we knew if we did that, then the play was going to be made and JV made the play. So it's just, you know, it's something like, hey, maybe coach want us to do it this way, but we're not going to do it this way right now. Like we're going to do what works for us, right? Like because on paper it looks good, whatever they bring out. But, you know, we had those conversations, we had those conversations. And when you have three or four or five dudes on the same page, if we work in a bunch or a stack or whatever, as long as we on the same page, you know, even if we we wrong, we right. And so I, I, I feel like I bring that element to it. Like, hey, coach want us to in and out this, but we're not going to in and out this this week because I don't feel comfortable with it. Do you feel comfortable? And no, I don't either. Okay, we're going to do this. You know what I mean? So, right. um, you know, and you just, after playing football and playing so many downs and, you know, and really studying and having guys like Sherm or like when I grew up, you know, in my, when I was in Miami, Portland, Finnegan, teach you things like that. I feel like that's added to my game where I've been able to always play the game within the game. You know, what I mean, it's it's a lot of things that go on, but I that's why I really like playing because now I feel like I'm the quarterback of the defense besides the backer, right? And even goes to me and Fred, like Fred to call something out, and I'll be like, oh yeah, it is. This. Or, oh no, Fred, it's not that. It's this right here. And now we can work together because he's like, okay, yep, that's what they do. That's what they're doing right now. You know what I mean? So you know, a lot of stuff that people don't see, you know. And then obviously, like you said, playing man to man, you're trying to make the quarterback look off. If I could make him look off and Eric could get a tackle or a sack, we're good to go. You know what I'm saying? Or if he if he got to sweep away and go all the way back around, that's longer, you know, the D-line has. So um, I would say I did a lot of that last year, but, you know, I I let the critics be the critics. Man. I don't know what they're talking about. So <laughs> I kind of laugh at it, you know, because if you really watch the tape, uh, you know, yep. it'll, speak, it'll speak to you. That That's why your big thing is put it on tape. Put it, put on, it on tape. tape. That's it. You know what I mean? Like we got a lot of PFF, all that stuff, but for somebody to get the statistics out before the, you know, and the game just ended, I think it's, you know, it's full of crap. So, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And whoever they pay, you know, and whatever, you know, and all the analytics and stuff like that, like, cause like, you could literally be in the zone and a dude caught the ball in front of you. They'd be like, well, that was your, that was your, you know, that was your man. It was like, no, like we were in pure zone. That's a check down. Right. So, yeah, I'm I'm big on just like letting the tape just speak for itself, uh, you know, and let my teammates as well. Like we all know what's in the locker room. We all know how good each other are. You know what I mean? So, you know, if 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 I if JB get, you know, or Sherm gives me the, the head nod then and, and they trust me, then I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. So, you know, you talk about, you know, going against Jared Goff and guys like that. And so, you know, you, you've you've obviously faced a lot of quarterbacks in your, you know, in your career. You know, who was the guy, you know, who was the hardest to go against? You know, I'd imagine first guess for me would be Russell Wilson. But I mean, like, who was the guy who just, you know, every single time you're like, man, this guy, like, and who just did stuff you couldn't fathom, you know? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And what was it specifically that made Aaron Rodgers just so special? Obviously, we watched it for years, but like, what did he do? 
I mean, when you look at our game this year, man, it's just checks on checks on checks on like it's just it's nonstop. Like, I mean, I played against Drew too um, a few times in the same way, right? Like, I played against Tom Brady when I was in Miami. We played twice a year, same thing. But I think it's like the zip on the ball. It's the you know he lets his receivers work. Like, you know, Devontae could come off and really do re- really whatever release he wants. Kind of like playing yeah. basketball with you could. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to put the ball where he needs to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, and he's just, he knows. So, like, I remember, like, I gave up, like, a inside fade, I think, fourth quarter when we played them. I knew exactly what he was shooting to, but, like, then, like, he checked back to something else, checked back to it again. So then I'm, like, in a weird, like, four yards off and said, like, should I press it? Should I, like, trying to, I got too, I, I got too caught up in listening to him. And then next, mm-hmm. you know, I stumble, I stumble a little bit. And Devontae gets, you know, a step on me, he catches it. And it's like, dang, like, you know it, but it's, it's his verbiage and how he goes about it where you like, it kind of makes you like, oh, is he, is he not? Like, what's going on? Um, and then, like I said, it's just the zip on the ball, even as old as he is, man, that, that ball is, is, is coming out and it's flying and it's, it's, it's accurate. You know what I'm saying? It's hitting you right on the numbers or the shoulder pads and, you know, definitely, I think the best ball in football. I know Russell has the great rainbow ball, but Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, it's like, Aaron Rodgers don't miss, man. I mean, obviously, that's why he led the league in, like, you know, uh, yards or something like that this year. You talked about Fred Fred Warner a little bit. Both of you guys born in, or raised in San Diego, at least. You play with Bobby Wagner up in Seattle, where he was known as the best linebacker in football for quite a bit. Fred Warner just got all pro. Where do, where do you think his career can go? I think wherever he wants it to go. You know, you have, like, the one thing you have to know about Fred is, man, like, he's really, really mature, right? Like, for his age, and it's like, I don't know if it's just San Diego guys or what, so I'm going to go ahead and, you know, <laughs> throw that out there. But, uh, now he's really, he's really, really mature for his age, and the, the kid wants to get better. Um, he has conversations with the DBs. He has conversation with, you know, I think – also having Nico as his coach, right? Like, and it just adds to his ability, right? Because they can sit there and talk about situations that his coach has been through. Um, but then he just plays, he plays so fast, man. He plays so fast, he attacks the ball as well. So, you know, I think the sky is the limit for Fred. I mean, what, he was year, what, three? Really, I mean, he can really, you know, do some things in the next, you know, five, six, ten years or whatever he wants to do and really be on that. I guess on that Bobby Wagner level, you know what I mean? Because I mean, the, the kid can cover, he can run, he can blitz, uh, he could pass rush. You know, that was the biggest thing. Like with Bobby, like Bobby can pass rush and people don't even know that about Bobby. Right. And it was like, you see and Bobby doesn't miss tackles. And it's the same thing with Fred. Like when they wrap you, you're going down. So I think as long as he stays humbled and as long as he, you know, keeps working, which I know he will, that's not even a, a doubt in my mind. I mean, you could tell he comes from a good background and, a, you know, he has good people around him. I think he can, you know, he could be an all pro to every year of his career if he wants to be. Right. We don't have to get into it too much. I just want to make the announcement that the New England Patriots signed Kendrick Bourne to a three year, twenty two and a half million dollar deal. So kudos to you. Get the bag. That's uh, that's quite a bit amount of money. Uh, so. Hey, kudos to you. Get the bag when you can get it. So so let's talk about yours real quick. Uh, JV. Hey, I, I they wasn't going to sign them. That's crazy. But anyways, my bad. JV. You say JV is like your little brother. You guys would link up in San Diego. So if the money is right, the offer's on the table. Is is there 
you know, opportunity to return back to the 49ers, link up and and basically do unfinished business. I mean, I think it just depends, man. Like I'm not I'm not playing for pennies. Right. Like I feel like I bring a lot to the table, um, even with the injury, man. I know like, I know, you know, they're going to try to work the contracts out the way they want. But I feel like I, I play for Seattle on a league minimum, you know, which I know a lot of people look like, man, you're getting more money than a lot of us. I, I get it. Um, tax, but, California tax. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, no California tax, seriously. Right. Like, yeah, no joke. I, I hate that. So that's the that's part of it. I, that's the one we got one of the reasons I didn't want to sign back there or sign back there after they cut me in the summer, actually. Uh, but but no, like, no kidding. Like, I just feel like I feel like I got to get paid my work. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Um, obviously, come injury and like wasn't like a for sure starter. You know what I mean? But it's guys out here that aren't starters that don't play that are getting paid, you know, three or four million dollars. You know what I mean? Dudes barely, they don't even touch the grass. You know what I mean? So um, I feel like I bring a lot to it. And I'm not, like I said, I don't, I don't, at this point in my career, I don't need to break the bank, man. It's, it's about winning for me. But I just, you know, I, I want a little bit to be able, you know, for my family to be, be good. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, we'll see. I know they want K1 back. You know, again, I don't, I don't even want to be a rebound for anybody as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, We'll see what teams say as I as I get healthy. And, um, you know, if they get K1, they got a hell of a player. If they get me, they got a hell of a player. If they draft a guy, I know John and then we'll get a hell of a player. So, um, you know, but again, I wouldn't mind going back. You know, I know the faithful are, you know, some of the best fans, even though we didn't get to experience them. Um, they showed me nothing but love and support since I've been there, um, you know, and even with being in Baltimore and stuff like that, how Kyle and them called me back and John and them and worked out um even with the injury like talking to talking to a guy that plays for a team um you know San Fran they send me with like they send me with protein creatine I mean fish oil like you know they call and check on me every week like it's just it's a great organization to be a part of and I'm like I'm a free agent right like why you yeah. call me but they literally gave me everything to get healthy you know machines and all that and they also call me to check on me and so it just shows like the type of organization that John is running and Kyle is running. So if the opportunity presented itself back, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a no brainer, right? Like go be with my guys, guys I'm comfortable with a coach that I'm comfortable with. I love Kyle. I, I, you know, he's, he's a, he's a non BS or he's going to give it to you straight. Um, that's the kind of guy I want to play for. Um, I know D'Amico again, you know, and then playing with Fred and those guys, I mean, it'll be love, you know what I mean? So obviously you rather go somewhere where you don't have to start over. But at the same time, I do understand it's a business. So, um, you know, and I also understand that here I'm going into as well. So we'll see what they want. You know what I mean? And like I said, if it presents itself, then we'll get out there. Hopefully I don't have to wear number 47 again. And, you know, we we can make some magic. Yeah. 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 I remember I hit you about that. I was like. I know you didn't choose that number. Terrible. You know, I, I, I know you ain't trying to, you know, like rub elbows with John Lynch and say, hey, look what number I'm wearing. I, I I know that wasn't it. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, man, look, John, you can have this number. I'll be doing it again. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, but no. So yeah, like I said, we'll see, we'll see, man. Uh, I think you know, next couple of days, a tell kind of what direction they're going in. Um, you know, my agent hasn't told me anything. I, like I said, I know they check on me, but you no, know, we'll see. 
right now it's no it's no Jamar Taylor coming back to the 49ers news. I'm Jamar Taylor, the free agent that's just trying to get the <laughs> need going. That's it. That's that's all I'm doing. So, uh, you know, y'all heard it from me first. Obviously, if the 49ers went ahead and re-signed you, they're getting an amazing player. But now let's talk about the amazing person with the First Chance You Foundation. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and, and detail what you're doing off the field. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit last year. So my First Chance You Foundation, uh, one of my best friends, Darren Wilburn, uh, me and him paired together with my wife. And, uh, yeah, we came up with the First Chance You Foundation because we were doing a ton of camps and stuff and turkey drives and stuff. And it never had a name, right? Never had a label. I would just do it at the kindness of my heart. Like I love, I love going back to Southeast San Diego and helping people. Um, but last year we did a, a virtual seminar that, that helped kids between, uh, it was, it was financial literacy, resume building, um, which call it in, conducting interviews. It was all that. So we were like, man, we need to put something on this, right? Because we got great feedback from it. So, what it was was it gave us opportunity to give back between networking and growth opportunities. So we started pairing these kids with, um, we started pairing them with professionals of their career choice. You know, we 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 got we get, we gave them a seat at the table to have conversations to help them wherever you know wherever they plan to do their endeavors. So if they wanted to be an athletic trainer, um, if they want to start their cl- a closing line, if they want to be a music producer, if they want to be a, a coach, we got all those people together to talk to these kids and give them a, a contact, I guess, so to say, as they go through, you know, now graduating, going through college and stuff like that, they'll have that contact forever. So um, that's one of the things we do, you know, like I said, based on really just giving growth and networking opportunities to, to, you know, kids, I'm not going to even say Southeast San Diego, I would say everywhere. So we're just doing all types of things. I think this year we'll probably do, we're, we're going to bring the the camp or the seminar back, um, but it's going to be better this year, 10 times better. We're going to, we're thinking about doing like a defensive back camp instead of doing a regular camp, just do like a DB receiver camp so we can actually watch film and teach guys the game within the game. Like we said, um, you know, we have, we have a whole bunch of ideas, man. So we actually have our retreat coming up in a few weeks. So uh, that's a little bit about that, but always just trying to do something in the community. Like I know last year kind of stopped us with the 49ers and I know they kind of have their guys who they kind of picked to guys they, they they've known, but I've always told them, you know, if I come back, I, I definitely want to be, one of those guys out there. And if I could get first chance you involved anyway, um, you know, I will, you know, it's not about me. It's not even not about my nonprofit. I could care less about the base. You know I mean? It's really just about the kids that we can touch a lot can impact. You know, I've always said, if, if I could just stay in the cut, nobody knows me. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I believe I remember the 49ers actually tweeting out the first chance you foundation last, last year while you were playing and if people want to give back, they want to be a part of it, they want to donate something, uh, whatever it is, how can they do that? Uh, you can just go to jamartaylor.com. So we we have like my website. We're actually we're actually in the process of changing that, our logo, everything. So we're doing like a full rebuild or re- rebirth, I guess you could sort of say. So um actually about to start a logo challenge here, I think in the next week or so. So we're going to do that over um, – we're doing our whole, we're revamping our whole website, but right now you go to jamartaylor.com. It'll take, it'll take you to all donation uh, facts. It'll give you everything you need to know about camps, um, about giving back opportunities. If you want to volunteer to get back and come out with us, um, it'll have all that information on there. Or you can reach us at on Instagram at first chance you underscore um, same with Twitter. 
Sweet. That's awesome, Jamar. Thanks for coming on, man. We hope you become Jam- from Jamar the free agent to Jamar the 49ers corner here in the next couple months. Want you back. I, you know, anytime you were out there, I felt confident, which, you know, if you know anything about the 49ers and before the uh, Shanahan Lynch, it wasn't always that way with the corners. You know, you're not always feeling confident about the guys that are out there. And so when you were out there, it was dope to have you out there. And we hope we get you back. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I think I've seen something. Well, my wife showed me something the other day. It was, a, it was a video, a YouTube video. A guy was like saying why I was a liability out there. I forgot his name, though. So and he, <laughs> he, broke, he broke down the whole like Dolphins game, which he didn't know what he was talking about. So to hear you say that actually pretty cool <laughs> it's actually pretty cool because i'm like you know my man had you know he so little faith in me you know what i'm saying i'm like it's crazy how the, t- you know, the tables turn but uh you know anybody that's that's uh a san you know san francisco fan man like i got nothing for love but love for those guys i want you guys to know that um you know and we'll we'll see here you know i know it's gonna come down to you know i mean i think the DB coach was with Justin Coleman. He was with some guys that's on the market right now. You know, uh, obviously got KK. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. If I end up back there, you know what I mean? It, it'll be great. If I don't, it's still nothing but love, though. I appreciate you guys. This has been the Nation Podcast. We'll be back next week with more free agent signings, more craziness. Who knows what the Niners will do? I can't tell you anymore because uh, it's pretty unpredictable. We'll see you next week. <laughs>